Hello everybody and welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Joining me this evening we have John Anderson. Good evening John. Good evening Cammy. how are you doing? I'm okay John and we've also got Craig Manson. Good evening Craig. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Start as you mean to go on Craig. I've got Um, a poem for you. I've got a poem for you Cammy. Go on then Craig, let's have your poem. Stop all the clocks, cut off the telephone, prevent the dog from barking with a juicy bone, silence the pianos with muffled drum, bring out the coffin, let the mourners come. The stars are not wanted now, put everyone out, pack up the moon and dismantle the sun, bore away the ocean and sweep up the wood, for nothing now can ever come to any good. Blair King Horn is leaving Edinburgh. <laughs> Is this, I mean, it's hardly like the Ravens at um, the Tower of London, though, Craig, is it? I mean, <laughs> the castle's not a bit too old, Because <laughs> Blair Kinghorn's no ember anymore, is it? My life is over. The light, I'm finished with this rugby rubbish. I've done. The light has gone out the light in has Craig gone Manson's out. heart. It has been <laughs> extinguished. <laughs> what a way, what a way to relaunch the podcast, Craig. <laughs> welcome everybody welcome especially to any new listeners joining us who've who've um who've discovered the podcast um we're gonna don't worry craig we'll get to we'll get to blair later on you'll have okay, your chance okay. what a lovely opening that was a beautifully beautiful recital um we have some news um and we we kind of hinted this at the end of the patreon podcast last week um but we have a new uh, a new home for the podcast, which is the Sports Social Network, which is a fairly new um, network of sports podcasts. So um, they have the Captain's Podcast with Sam Warburton. and they've got Joe Marler's podcast, friend of the pod, Joe Marler. Um, still block, got me blocked on Twitter. Um, and also, <laughs> friends of the podcast, Rock and Roll, um, the rap series of Welsh podcasts and Blood and Mud as well are all on the Sports Social Network, so we're very pleased to be with them and welcome to anybody who's found us through that. This is the Scottish Rugby podcast. Um, We cover everything to do with Scottish Rugby. Um, We do a main podcast every week and also for the price of £3 a month, you can sign up to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby podcast. You can get a weekly bonus episode. So the episode that you're listening to now, if you're listening on an, odd, an, an audio podcast app, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast app, you'll get adverts in it. If you want an ad-free version and you want bonus content, £3 a month through Patreon. If you're quite happy with adverts, by all means, continue listening. And, and you'll get the a, a kind of condensed 40-minute run through the latest happenings in Scottish rugby, as well as analysis of the big matches. Um, normally, there's there's four of us. There's a rotating kind of... A rotating cast of podcast members. Johnny McGinty may be joining us later. He's making salmon blinis for his kids' pack lunch at the minute. That's what that's the message he's just put in the uh, podcast chat. Um, tell us your Tory without telling us your Tory, Johnny McGinty. <laughs> Claims he's a Glasgow Warriors fan, but clearly, clearly his uh, bread is buttered on the uh, east side. You know, I don't. I don't think that's. Ex- I don't think those two, the Glasgow Warriors fans and Tory supporters. I don't think it's as mutually, you know, as exclusive as you would think. There, we should say there are. Yeah, there are, and everybody's welcome on this podcast. We say we cast absolutely. 
you know, whether yeah. you like well, salmon blinis or not. Yeah. Sam, just... Salmon blinis or a jelly piece, you're all welcome here. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out which one of them you can put on a pizza. <laughs> I wonder if you could put oh, meat paste on and meat paste and monster munch pizza. I wonder. Oh, meat paste oh, yeah. munch pizza. There's an idea. I have to say that as a vegetarian. Got a vegetarian <laughs> pizza with monster munch. Are we talking? Look, let's save this for the Patreon. I said we do a tight 40 minutes. <laughs> let's, 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 let's talk Derailed us instantly. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the possibility of crumbled monster munch on top of a meat paste pizza later on, Craig Manson. I'm excited. I'm salivating at the thought. Um, oh, look, let's. We've got lots, lots to get through tonight. There has been um, quite a lot of news and goings on in the world of Scottish rugby. Um, the big talking point, I think, this week has been, or over this weekend, was the, the SIUAGM. And there's a couple of big points to come out of that. I think the biggest point, and it took everybody by surprise, including the assembled media who were there covering it, was the fact that the new chair of Scottish Rugby Limited. And don't don't ask us to explain Scottish rugby structures if you're new to this podcast. We tried, John and I tried in the Patreon special, and it's changed since then, John. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they they thought we were too close to cracking it at that point, so they thought, nah, we've got to change it, mix it up. It's like decoding the 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 kind of masons or masons kind of hieroglyphs around a, a mason's lodge or solving <laughs> the finding da the Higgs boson. Da Vinci Code was actually about the SRU structure. Yeah, I, thought, I, th- I thought it was more an inception. It's a it's a rugby it's a rugby uh, union inside a company that's inside another company. It's that, inside that a union. That's inside a union. You know, it's, inside, it's, yeah. it's all inside a dream, and none of it's real. <laughs> that's the best, Craig. That is the best explanation I think we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a union, a, a, a union within a company within a union within a company within a board. Something like that. Anyway, the, cha- yep. the chair of Scottish Rugby Limited, uh, John McGuigan, has come in, uh, promised kind of some quite deep-rooted changes to the way things were run, had taken his time to kind of get his feet under the table, understand how things work. It What caught everybody off guard was that he stood up at the AGM and offered a wholehearted apology to Siobhan Cattigan's family for the way that they had been treated and dealt with by Scottish rugby following her following her death. And for those, most people I think listening to the podcast would know the story, but um, Siobhan sadly passed away um, after and, and a current international. Um, there was a lot that came out afterwards about the way that she'd been treated whilst as an international and then the way that her passing had been um, handled by the SRU, the way that she'd been honoured, the way that her teammates hadn't had details of the funeral passed on um, and hadn't been able to honour her in the way that they wanted. The SRU then kind of pretty much kind of shut up shop, put the shutters down, refused to deal with anybody, basically lawyered up and said, we're not talking about this, there may be ongoing legal matters. John McGuigan has come in and and, and offered that apology, John. It, I think it's Kaz caught us by surprise. I think one of the other surprising things I think was that this had been in the works for a while. He'd met with a fa- he'd wanted to meet with a family as one of his first things. I think you know we were maybe a bit skeptical last week on the Patreon podcast when we were talking, saying, "No, oh, you know, is it kind of meet the new boss same as the old boss? They're always full of the promise." But this is kind of actually delivering on something. It's the first time we've seen someone in Scottish rugby deliver on a promise for, of change for a while, and and it was a long time coming. This. Yeah, it's a massive statement of intent, and you know, it, 
the the actual the actual statement itself is a it's again it's a hard read because it's you know those of us that have been following this story and for, you know speaking about it at length so much of of it obviously rings true in terms of what we we were believing um but no it, it's it's good to see it's good to see this you know it's the start and yes it's you know too late too late in a lot of cases that's that's fair but um it's a start and it is really it's it's really interesting to think you know i, I think are we on the precipice of actual governance and actual wholesale change in the SRU and you know are we actually going to see progress because this action looks very much like it might we might actually see something which yeah I don't think I don't think any of us you know if you'd asked us like you know last week <laughs> exactly you know none of us would have believed that that was possible um it was such a closed shop so it's it's such a juxtaposition from where they've been previously. It's it, it is it's very startling. Yeah, and and Craig, I think obviously we haven't had the full internal report released by the SRU, but there were some things that he touched upon in the apology. And as I said, I think the family have said that they, you know, they they're grateful that they, you know, they they've listened to that apology. They're grateful for the time he spent speaking and listening. To, to to them and that's the first time anyone from the SRU has has sat down and done that with them so they're very grateful for for the time he's taken but their view is you know that there are still questions to be answered I mean you know you go through the apology that there seems to be an acceptance that Scottish rugby should have supported Siobhan better particularly around welfare and care that they take responsibility for Scottish rugby's handling of certain elements surrounding the funeral, including not relaying family's wishes to every player, which meant some of Siobhan's teammates did not get the opportunity to attend a funeral. And we let the family down by not directly contacting the family nor visiting after Siobhan's passing to offer our condolences. Since Siobhan's passing, there have also been other events which should have been handled differently by the organisation. This also relates to how we reference Siobhan. We recognise that Siobhan is one of our people too. So... To me, and one of the things, you know, obviously the family have said is, you know, questions need to be answered by some individuals. To to kind of come out and make a statement about, and some of those some of those things are quite serious. Thing, particularly you know, the, the failure to, to to kind of offer condolence. It's hard to see how Mark Dodson, in particular, could could come out of this and and still save face. And indeed, I think there were questions asked at the AGM, and and he was still kind of taking the line of, "Oh well, we did what we thought was right at the time." Which you know, he then got the the chair of the SL, uh, you know, the Scottish Rugby Limited stood next to you saying, "But we were we got it wrong." Yeah, um, I think uh, you, you also have to. Uh, I'm sure if I'm correct, um, and I'm going to paraphrase here, so it's not exactly what he said, but. The, uh, it's along the lines of um, even in this situation um, our level of humanity is limited mm -hmm. by this situation and where, where and, and let me be frank um, I, I I have two hats on here there's the, there's the, there's the, the side of me that's What's happened up to up to her death is is one side of it, um, and that's rugby and and that's the the care, duty of care etc. on that side. But when Siobhan passed, um, 
the disrespect that has been shown ever since she passed to the family, her partner and her friends and teammates has all, in, in, in my eyes, and this is just in my eyes, I'm not saying that any, I'm not speaking for the pod, I'm not speaking for anyone else, but in my eyes, to say, to, to get away from showing any type of guilt or any type of maybe, you know, any sort of link to being guilty of anything to do with Siobhan's, um, the last part of Siobhan's life, they have shown absolutely no humanity and and tried to just pull, almost pull the blanket over their heads or the duvet over their heads and say, this is not happening, this is not happening, and put their fingers in the ear. Yes, um, Glasgow and Edinburgh, um, immediately that the game after she passed put a picture up and, and and paid tribute to her but and again i will see this we've said this many times guys if that was a scottish male player international mm-hmm. player the first game at murrayfield before the anthems yep. there would be a minute silence or applause whatever whatever you know the player would or the family would have wanted and the picture would have gone up and there would be a huge announcement where everyone can pay their respects unfortunately because of their silence because of their lack of humanity because of their saving the backsides etc 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 whatever way you want to look at it because this is my opinion this is nobody else's opinion you know it's up to up to you make your own opinion but it just came across that we're saving the backsides of a showing increased increasingly more and more disrespect to the family and the friends, etc., and to Siobhan ourselves. And it's an absolutely poor situation to be in. Yes, um, the, the new chairman has shown a glimpse of that, and he's, he's, he's sorry for what he's, he's given his apologies, etc. We will now have to wait and see where, where that goes, um, because yeah. we have, well, there is a report that nobody has seen. Yeah, and I think that's it, John. Nobody's, nobody's seen the report. But I think for me, as Craig said, that particularly, I think the kind of pre, you know, things that happened in the, you know, Craig's right, there's, there's two elements. This is kind of what happened in the, you know, before Sean, uh, Siobhan passed away and then what 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 the SOU's actions after that. Yeah. Th- there wasn't any threat of legal action when she passed away. The, you know, there was no, you know, to, to even show the basic level of kind of decency, to go pay your, your your condolences in person, and the as Craig said, if it had been a man, it would have been completely different. This whole situation would be handled completely different. And it goes, I think, at the heart of this is I struggle to see with an S, you know a chair coming in saying promising transparency, which is completely goes against the way the SOU have operated up to now, offering this apology whilst Mark Dodson sat there next to them. I struggle to see how some people will be able to remain in post if they follow through on the promise to honour Siobhan's legacy. So how 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 would you feel as a you know you're the person that's you know handled this situation badly and now uh, the SOU has to honour the legacy of Siobhan? That's what they're committed to, and 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 with that hanging over you now, I I I personally think that, that on that alone, Mark Dodson. I know we've said he survived worse things before, but I personally now think that Mark Dodson's 
post is untenable. I don't think I think it's untenable for him to remain <coughs> as, as CEO of SIU. I follow on that apology. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're absolutely right, Cammy. I, mean, I think um, I mean the fact the fact that it's taken that U-turn to for us to. I mean, we've been sitting here saying that actually the way the way the company's handled it and the way they uh, way that Dodson in particular, you know, we know it's not been the most transparent uh, situation. It has lacked a degree of humanity uh, throughout the whole process. I think. You know, we're sitting here and we're going, well, his his position was untenable before, if we were being realistic and actually he shouldn't he shouldn't be in post. You know, when when all this came to light, he should have done the right thing and walked away there and then. He should have done the right thing and apologized to the family and actually handled this properly. But his position was untenable at that point. I there's more than Dodson though. And I think this this could be a watershed moment for Scottish rugby. I think we could see quite a lot of clear out at this point. If they are going to honour Siobhan's legacy, um, they should be looking to clear this out and, and start building um, a, a proper structure now. It never happen. Oh, I, I, I don't disagree, Craig. I'm, I'm saying they should. Yeah, although, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm speaking as, as someone who's incredibly frustrated with the yeah. situation, John. So oh, yeah. I, I'm not trying to pick at you. Um, I, just, I, I just think it's, you know, again... Um, we, we laughed and joked about it right at the beginning of the of the pod. Um, that's one part of the SRU saying sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's several other parts of the SRU. So yeah. and Mark Dodson is in is, is is in control of other parts of the SRU. So yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I think the one thing that that kind of and I, you know I we've I you know I think moving on and, and think about the rest of the AGM. The other suggestion is that Super Six is going down the toilet. And that's a big that that to me would be another kind of nail in the nail in the coffin of Mark Dodson's career at the SIU because that that's his big baby and it's been you know we 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 covered Super Six on the podcast for 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 a while and it it it's a to an extent it's a good product I don't think they know what it is anymore and I think it's become muddled I don't particularly think COVID helped at one point but. There's so much controversy around that, around how the franchises were awarded, around the process, around how it's run, around what its actual purpose is. It's not, you know, the under twenties are going in the pan as well. It's not producing. It's producing. I've had some people in our mentions on Twitter saying it's produced some players, and I it has, but it's not. It's not producing enough, John. And so I think for that, for that, for that big, what was essentially Mark Dodson's vanity project, for that to go on top of this. I can't see any other CEO in any other organization surviving that kind of double whammy. No. no. And I think with the Super Six, right? So, your point, it has produced some players. What did we do before the Super Six? How, how did, because funnily enough, there was there was rugby players before then, too. And John Hardy played for Hoik. That's what happened before the Super Six <laughs> <laughs> when he was coming back from injury. Yeah, yes. That's that's all fine and well. That's true, and I know there's a lot of arguments as to how ridiculous the whole placement system was and all that. But to use it as a development tool to say we're giving people experience of semi-professional professional rugby to bridge the gap between the amateur game and the pro clubs. Well, we managed to produce players, and I think with the with the academies. Uh, the way they are now, yes, you know, the under twenties are not going well, but it is. It's just we're doing little bits of everything, and 
not actually, we've, we don't seem to have a coherent approach to it. I, th- I think the Super 6 had potential. It just was, you know, they, they took the loaded gun and shot themselves in the foot straight away with, you know, the franchise process. It was just, you lost you lost half the country at that point, which and I think was, it was ironic. But part, part of the reason for it, Craig, was because you had clubs, particularly in the Premiership, who wanted to go pro, who who kind of kept chirping on going, oh, if we, you know, if we paid our players, we could, you know, we could have a good run at this. And I think there have been unintended benefits that I think it's kind of you've got a level in a le- more of a level playing field below the premiership level in the clubs that you know now kind of can be more competitive I know for the likes of Berwick you know it's been they've shot up the leagues from the moment that other clubs have been it had to stop paying players to come in yeah. but there's other ways to deliver on that without kind of impacting on kind of I mean that money would be better spelt, spent elsewhere in a different structure would benefit Scottish rugby more. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think um, I think you know John's hit the nail on the head, um, and, and it's very very rarely do I come on this podcast and agree with John all the time. So, um, <laughs> but um, but you know the, the, the not having a spread of Super Six teams across Scotland was the first difficulty. Um, I know why they wanted to do it because you had. Would you believe a similar system to to the English Premiership, where you had sugar daddies coming into each each club, uh, who 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 then spend the money for a couple of years and then get someone on the committee would not let them drink past past kicking out time and they would take their toys and go and go and dance somewhere else, uh, go and play somewhere else, and and that team would then sink from from winning the league, winning the Premiership down to you know National three. Um, it just, it was just, it just seemed to be the way it went. So it was mismanaged at that point. So I understand what they're trying to do with the, the Super Six. First, you know, to answer your question about the Super Six maybe being dead, well, you know it's dead because there was virtually no fanfare about the final. Um, hmm. It was, it was very quiet. The, the, you know, the SRU didn't, you know, they promoted it as as bare, barely as they as they had to, um, uh, and then, which was a real shame. Um, but I, I, I struggle to see where we're going to go further down the line because, you know, the only way we can, if they're going to invest any money, then is it going to go into the premiership? Um, and as the premiership clubs now going to start paying players, um, because we, we have that system within the pro, the pro clubs because we're trying to bring new players through for, through Scotland, but we also fill our clubs with players that were brought in from England, Ireland, Wales, abroad, France, etc., South Africa. So, you know, what how it's a it's an absolute mess. And and how how where are we going to spend our money? How are we going to do it? How is the grass you know, how is the grassroots going to um uh, uh, benefit from the money that they're going to stop spending on the Super Six clubs. It's, it's a really difficult situation. Yeah, it, it is. But I think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because the, there's been talk for a while about kind of revolutionising things and we'll, we'll watch this space, I think, is yeah. the, the key message there. Um, the other, I, I want to talk, I think in the Patreon, what we'll get on to, we might talk about the plans for Murrayfield because I'm not entirely sure that increasing hospitality is the way forward. I'm not entirely sure I agree that allowing more rich people through to, to watch rugby is necessarily <laughs> the way to grow the game and stick it behind the paywall. But, you know, we're well into the podcast now and we could be here all day debating about whether or not rugby is nice. here to benefit people that have big, big, 
people who like big lunches. I mean, it's not. That, that, that's a whole episode on its own. It's isn't a it, whole right? episode on its own, and and Johnny's not here to give us the Tory view on that. Hey! Um, the, <laughs> Sam and Blinis, That's that's what that's what Mark Dodson's plan is for uh, Murrayfield. More yeah. fifteen percent Sam and Blinis, That's what he wants. I'm telling you, that's what that's what Murrayfield needs. He needs to get rid of the salmon blinis and it was thirty percent salmon blinis and seventy percent meat based sandwiches and uh monster bags monster of monster munch. That's it. That's it. More more, more <laughs> monster munch. Yeah. <laughs> so the other big bit of news is the um the announcement of the new Celtic League competition. It's it's kind of back, but it's not back. It's we had this kind of trial competition for um developing women players craig uh, last year which went really well some really good games that we saw particularly for the the scotland team played really well it's kind of the players that were on the fringes of the scotland squad that didn't have pro contracts down in england and, and some of them even came back and played if we were released by the clubs to come back and, and play a couple of games we've now got this idea there's now two teams per um island wales uh and um, is it Italy? I've got that right. Ireland, Wales. Oh, it's just Ireland, Wales, and Scotland. I think it's Ireland, Wales, Scotland. Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Wales, yeah. Scotland. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's. I mean, it's interesting, but there's not really been an announcement about how that's to be funded. So it's you know it's all very it's great kind of you know having the you know two high profile teams, but like you super need the infrastructure money, behind that. Super I know. Six super money. six money. <laughs> oh, can you imagine the Blazers? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Between Super Six money and World Rugby funding, that's that's how it'll be funded. Johnny will have to storm from his box <laughs> and get no. and rent his private VIP parking and drive out of Murrayfield. <laughs> it is, I think, but it's. I'm all for it, and I don't want everything. I'm not all for it, but I think I also think it's a. It's the same issue we've had with women's rugby before: is without the infrastructure, without the support for the women players that you're asking to play, you to have that number of players playing across two teams without support is a challenge. Yeah. And as we've seen with the international team, you pay them well, you remove the worries that exist outside of rugby. They play better; they're freer to do what they want. So you're not solving that problem if you're just going to stick, you know, forty. 40 or 50 young girls in a, a pro, in inverted commas pro setup without proper support. I've sorry, John. I've just no, 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 um, it's fine. When you go, mate. For, for me, um, I've got a little bit of background into it, um, and I've had a couple of conversations about it. And from what I know, um, there's the big difference though is that it's from a player point of view, the the the, the gameplay, the physicality, the, the, the just the whole experience is a, a huge step up from Scottish Futures, or you know, or the, the program that Scotland have put in for bringing bringing um, young adults through um, the women's side of things. Um, they they go to the, these Celtic games and and when the Thistles played, it was a huge step up and they loved it. So we, we really, it's something that maybe this is a pathway that the that the men should should go down as well as having uh, almost an Edinburgh Glasgow A team um, to develop and 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 play A teams within you know um, 
the, the Welsh and, and the, the Ireland setups, etc., or or go and play. You know, I, don't, I don't know. It, it, it's but from what I can tell, the the, the thistles uh, and the Celtic league, it, it's almost like a sponge. They are the the, the 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 players are ready for it. They want to play. They are really looking forward to it. It's going to really challenge them, and they're looking forward for that challenge. So I think it's a it, it, no, as long as Scotland and the SRU. Uh, I'll I'll do a picture. I'll I'll use a non-Patreon word. Um, don't mess it up. Um, <laughs> I think it would be a very very good. Uh, it's going to continue to be a very well, very good thing. How how could they possibly mess it up when, for example, I was reading the article there that the Welsh Rugby Union their plan is to hold open trials for 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 their teams. Just open tryouts. Just you play rugby, come and play. <laughs> I well, mean, there was something. No, but there's, class, there's, but... that is class. But there was something about that, that and they would, they, they've done it in Scotland as well. Craig, correct me if I'm wrong. the other day, you know, particularly for the pathways for the for girls, is that the the nominations come from coaches. Nominate yes. someone you think's ready for the step up, yeah. and you come along to trials. The way it yeah. used, to, I mean, you know, the way it used to be done back in the day, you know, your <laughs> reds v blues, and you know, <laughs> but I do think there's a bit of a leveler there, John, that it. We know the problem. One of the big problems in the pathways in Scotland is it's sometimes not your ability, but who you know and who's at your club and who yeah. your club knows that gets you in front of the right people at the right time right. consistently. Because that's the other thing. But you know, you've got you you can't just go and play one track. You've got to be there consistently. Yeah, absolutely. having something like this, like an open trial, where it's open to any coach nominating any player they think is good enough, yeah. then go along, have a go, see what the people. Who are in, who are responsible? Think of them. That is a not just for the women's game, but I think wider for the boys' game as well. Is is a, exactly, is a is, yeah. could be a game changer. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for a way to increase participation, I know obviously I was taking the mic a wee bit out of the Welsh because the idea of you know they're they're so cash strapped that they're just inviting anybody to pull on their boots. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it was tongue in cheek in in terms of they're d- definitely it's a way if you want to give people access to you know, opportunities. It's it's the sports that have got this right. It's you have these centralised opportunities to turn up, you know, be it, yes, a coach nomination, but actually, you know, go a step further, like put your name down as long as you, you know, as long as you've got a signature behind you that you can go and turn up at tryouts, then do it. Like allow these kids, allow everybody the opportunity to go and play. And that's worked. That that's essentially why the the Exiles program has worked better and produced arguably a few more players or, or higher quality players than than the internal academy and scouting systems because the Exiles program is a you you turn up and tell us you're Scottish qualified and <laughs> you have a go and one of our Exile scouts will have a look at you and if you like the look of you that you're in, as opposed to you don't even get in a trial unless. Yeah, your dad's had a word with somebody in you, Murrayfield you, you, who's sent somebody you, to have a look at you. You've played ten ten years for your your uh, your club, your local club, but it just so happens your local club's on an island, so you can't, you know, you don't you don't get the same access to to see the the, the selectors. So then you don't get the the um, the scholarship to Merchie, and that's yeah. you. You, you know, pro career done. That's the that's the big difference with this game, and, and I guess you're highlighting that as well. Um, you know, there are, it's not just the the standard big clubs that are producing players. Um, yeah. uh, you're now you're, you're seeing, you know, for example, if you if you look at bigger, for example, who have produced some fantastic players, 
um, from their from their girls rugby program, and they were one of the first clubs to 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 really attach. Or you know, they didn't even they didn't start the adult game; they started the girls game, yeah. um, and really promoted um, the, the girls side. And they actually invested and built slowly through the system, um, and and brought these girls through to adult adult rugby. Um, and and so you've got these non-standard rugby teams producing fantastic players now. Um, and when I say non-standard, I'm not I'm not being derogatory. I'm being they're just not in the in the old school. These are these are the big rugby teams, and these and, are the smaller rugby teams. They're not coming through traditional pathways, Craig. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for clarifying. I I, I started I, I threw all of my talent into the beginning part of this podcast, and now my my mind's gone mush. Speaking of which, look, we've got <laughs> we've got five or ten minutes left here, Craig. At the end here, we should we should get on to the big talking point of the day. And apologies, we're not going to get time to kind of go into any de- great depth analysis of Glasgow Ember this week. But it's you know it's early season URC, so let's not let's not get too excited. Um, Blair Kinghorn is off to Toulouse. Um, has it been confirmed? I, 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 allegedly, it was, is it still allegedly? Are we still talking allegedly? Because there was I, the last time I checked Twitter, it was all very much this is going to be confirmed within the next twenty four hours. Are we still at allegedly stage? We're still at allegedly. We're still at the rugby pass stage. So um, you know, if rugby pass are talking <laughs> about gone, it, it could be absolutely. It's gone rubbish. from we've so we've gone from earlier today. I think midi, the you know the French paper midi to ruck to a couple of online blogs, and we're now up to rugby pass. So we're getting rugby pass. Mind you, I think I thought I also saw Jamie Lyle um, had had been tweeting about it as well. So, oh, Jamie said Jamie said it's definitely right then. Yeah, it's definitely. Oh, I happy. mean. From a net, from a I get right from a Scotland point of view, mm. I think this could be a good thing for Blair Kinghorn. I think it's a, a chance to go away, develop his game, play rugby in a new country, get you know get out of the Ember bubble a little bit. Um, because I think you know to be fair to him, he has been especially with the, the BK10 experiment. I think that did expose him a little bit to the kind of darker side of Scottish rugby fandom. Mm. Um, so to maybe get out and just get away from that into the cauldron that is French rugby. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how much better that will be. But does it, I mean, you know, so so there's that point, Craig, I suppose the other point is, does that leave Edinburgh shorthanded or is it, or is it an opportunity? <sighs> right. Um, well, first on his on, on his side of things, it's a great opportunity. Go and earn your money, Blair. Go and, go and experience something different. Absolutely fine by that. My only concern is that, um, yes, he's going, he's going, Allegedly, as a replacement for Jamini, Jamini's Jamini, yeah, yep, yeah. Um, but you, everyone's going, oh, that's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yes, but you are remembering that um, Ramos is about to come back to Toulouse, and also uh, there is a small Italian called Capuzzo who is there, who who is a wonderful fifteen as well. So, from what I can tell, they may be taking him on for. What he can offer, funnily enough, with the BK10 experiment, that he's going to be able to cover 10, 11, 14, 15 for the team, uh, and give them that op- those options as well. Not not only that, but also you forget that no matter what anybody says, he has a prodigious prodigious, prodigious talent on the rugby field. Um, so he certainly, uh, whatever team get gets him and signs him, um, they're getting a wonderful player. On the other side of things, yes, uh, everyone's going, that's fine. Go and let him go and enjoy himself. Spread his wings. That's fine. But we have um, Buffelli, 
who's currently injured, if I'm right, with a foot injury. Yep. Um, and then I think Wes Goosen, who has played 15 before. Goosen can play 15. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Darcy Graham, who can play 15. Um, so it's not really, we're not chipping over 15s. And also the other side of things, and let's 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 go back to the VK10 experiment. Charlie Savala's just been lent to Northampton Saints. Um, or was it Saints or Tigers? I'm sure it's Saints. Mm. So we're kind of bare at 10, because if Healy isn't playing or comes to rest week, who goes in at 10 for Edinburgh? Um, so it's there's some questions there. Um, and I don't think, from what I can tell and what the, what the discussions are, I don't think the SRU have had much to say about it because I think Blair King has been offered so much money that he's just gone, <laughs> see ya. Yeah. Especially if it's mid-contract or, or mid, mid, if he has moved with immediate effect, there'll be yeah. a, fee, a small fee. Yeah, he's out of contract at the end of the year, I believe, but there'll be a small fee involved. And let's be and honest. A big, a big Blair King horn-shaped hole in the side of Murrayfield. Absolutely. Well, well, yes, I and I, let, let's be fair. You know the 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 books, the SRU books. You know every little penny that can be that can be saved just now. You know, let's face it, Edinburgh probably won't get the chance to replace uh, Kinghorn with a ten uh, unless it's a development ten. In the same way that you know we're we're not going to get a chance over in, in Glasgow to replace Ali Price. Um, and the British and Irish lion that he is with anything other than an academy nine, you know, it's that's mm. the the economics we're working to now. And anybody that thinks I, that 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 financial report was good news for Scottish rugby is laughing because it's nonsense. Blair Kingham must be at least on at least ten big dinners an hour. <laughs> <laughs> ten big hospitality dinners an hour. That's what he's on. He must he's, be. He's, he a, must he's be. a big boy. He's a big boy. Yeah, he was six foot five. Same, same, same as uh, Ben Healy though. That's your problem. You brought in two, like you can't be bringing in these massive backs and then like expecting to keep them because I think like the cost for your canteen will be ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, I think it's one of those situations though. I think, I think we're in, we're, we're similar to Wales and to, to Ireland, etc. But um, not so much Ireland because you're not well. Okay, Wales as well. I suppose that the, the, they have, they have, they don't let allow their players to play abroad, but. We're going to have these high-end players be, attra- be attracted by big money, get big money opportunities. And 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 to be brutally honest, come on, I, I remember Scotland and, and Sean Everett and, and the SRU all saying, "Well, we're going to try our best to keep him." <laughs> and it's like, hang on a minute, wait a minute, he's been offered money to go and play at Toulouse. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, oh, let me think. I want to, I want to stay with a team that has hasn't even like the best silverware with what one is the hubcap um <laughs> the, 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 the pizza crunch trophy. Yeah. yeah and then uh, and then what i want to do is i don't really want to go and go to a french team that's won how many european cups and uh, you know it's like come Char- on Char- charlie shield dupont charlie shield i mean <laughs> well he's no he's off the sevens that's maybe well, that's what they get out of bk9 <laughs> Funnily enough, I've just seen I've just seen a comment come up, and, I, and it's one of the comments I'd said to you boys earlier on in our chat. I said, yeah, yeah. "Well, you know, there's always room for Ollie Swift to come along there, Amy." Um, oh, so, uh... 
Well, we'll see. We will see yeah. if the if the SIU do some old switcheroing before the before the week is out, depending my, on what my, happens my with pitchfork is getting sharpened as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> I can just I can just see it at the uh, welcome to Glasgow signs on the M8. It's just it's all there's just torches. And... <laughs> You're still here, me... Ollie. You're still here. <laughs> the 1872 interest in just lots of just. Fights in the stands over which over which players <laughs> coming and going. Who you're allowed no, you, you're not. no, you keep Ali Price. No, we don't want Ali Price. No, you don't want Ali Price. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Oh, yeah, it's well, look. Job. Yeah. On that note, and also because I know John Anderson needs to shoot off very shortly. I do. I do yes, thanks. I do. We will end this week's podcast. If you're watching live and you're a Patreon, don't worry, folks. We'll be back in the next five minutes or so to carry on with the Patreon podcast. Um, we'll be back next week. We'll maybe talk a bit more about Edinburgh and Glasgow. Might be some more news, no doubt, happening in the meantime. But for the moment, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from John and Craig. Goodbye, Bye. folks. Bye.